walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring. Back with another apron bump. And yes. The invasion is still going on. <laughs> this fucking, this never ending cocksucker of a storyline feels like it will never end. And, you know, we actually, we do talk about this in the podcast. You know, in all reality, there are storylines out there that have lasted longer. Because if you think about it, like the true invasion like May-ish to November, that's what, six months? Still a very long storyline, especially with uh, with the resources that they had and the, the way they approached it. But, uh, fuck, man. It just feels like it's dragging. It feels like, I don't mean to come out the gates fucking negative about that shit, but Jesus, tap dancing Christ, what an awful... Uh, it's funny, you know, you, you can... You know, if, if you've been listening along to my Attitude Era series, and as we've been going chronologically through all of these pay-per-views, you know, Invasion, I was like, oh, I was, I'm, I was pretty optimistic, right? I was like, you know, th- this, this storyline isn't as bad as people make it out to be. I mean, we got we got some good things out of it. It felt like, you know, I'm, I'm like sitting there comparing it to Retribution, right? And I'm like, hey, they're better than Retribution or, or stuff like that, right? <laughs> and then SummerSlam comes along and it's like it's still it was that was a pretty good show. SummerSlam 2001. It's definitely a show I'd recommend. Solid solid wrestling. And then we have Unforgiven and it's like okay, I think we're kind of just dra- we're just kind of spinning our wheels a little bit. But I mean, we're almost done. But wait, nope. Just when you think we're almost done, you just throw in another paper <laughs> in there for no fucking reason. Um but yeah, I think it's very obvious that Survivor Series, you know, once that, you know, once the whole, for anybody that isn't aware, it was it was initially intended that WWE and WCW were going to kind of be like the Raw and SmackDown, two different brands, but under the same umbrella, essentially. Uh, but in kayfabe, they would compete against each other, much like Raw and SmackDown will in a few months from now. Uh, but once that kind of, you know didn't really take off and they pivoted their storyline premise to kind of have a more invasion kind of feel to it. Not, not a kind of feel. It was an invasion. 
once the invasion, quote unquote, really started, I think it's obvious that the ultimate goal was a Survivor Series culmination, you know, a five on five WWF versus the Alliance. Do I think they knew what those five on five teams would be? No, I do not. Do I think that they knew how this whole thing would pan out? No, because they are clearly changing things from week to week. And uh, we get into that in the podcast. So, but yes, like I'm saying, so if you haven't listened to my previous uh, Attitude Era Invasion uh, pay-per-view reviews, very easy to do. You can just go to apronbump.com, go to the episodes tab, click on that, and you'll see a whole bunch of different series and categories of shows that I do. Go ahead and click on Attitude Era and boom, it'll give you this episode, you know, Unforgiven 01, SummerSlam, Invasion, fucking Backlash, all that shit, right? King of the Ring. If that's the kind of, if that's what wets your asshole, then do that or whistle or whatever the saying is. Go for it. Be a doll. And why don't you leave a rating while you're there, huh? A little rating, a little review ski for old Hardy. And then, uh, but yeah. Really fun episode for you guys today. Brought back on JD from the Red Leaf Retrocast. Uh, you've heard him before on a previous ROH episode, as well as uh, I believe it was Slamboree 94. Uh, really good guest, really good time with him, uh, really knowledgeable guy. You can check him out at uh, redleafretrocast.blogspot.com. You can also follow him on social media at bowling jd listen on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts a really good source for uh if you're into japanese wrestling joshi wrestling uh gets in a lot of AEW as well but uh also video games anime pop culture type stuff uh really unique podcast over there go check out his patreon as well really unique stuff from old jd over there so check him out and check us out here for no mercy 2001 with myself and jd from the red leaf retrocast so yeah man if i mean it's well known that you you loved the invasion uh go, go ahead and talk about like why you loved it so much oh well as a wcw fan growing up obviously <laughs> yeah <laughs> this this just hit me right in the nostalgia every bit of it the <laughs> it gave you every bit of wcw that you remember right Oh, I mean, when I think WCW, I think of, obviously, No Mercy 2001. Right. You think of, like, Test and Ivory. People like that, right? Yeah, and the Dudley Boys. Man. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought up Test, because he bleeds WCW. He does. He bleeds the uh, whatever color. They've had all the colors, I think, haven't they? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, so, actually, because you messaged me a while ago. I think it was when you were listening to my SummerSlam episode 2001 and you said you disagreed with some of the stuff I was saying, was that like general invasion stuff or was that more like the specifics of the show? Uh, it's not so like we'll get into obviously the matches on no mercy 2001. Cause it's not really the wrestling itself. That's much of an issue. Yeah. It's, it's the booking of, yeah, yeah, you mentioned gen- uh, just a general overlook of how the invasion went down, uh, how the kind of changing of the guard, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, 
went through the 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 phasing out of WCW, uh, you really haven't gotten into the the issue of the McMahons being basically a right. focus of the invasion <clears throat> rather yeah. than the wrestlers themselves. Yeah, a, so this, a, this is kind of how I've approached it as I've been watching this this era back. Because, like, I know how it ends up. I know that they don't get the huge stars that WCW had. I know the McMahon involvement and, like, how it's, like, that's, that stuff is just kind of, like, passively, like, like ironed into my, my brain, unfortunately. So it's almost like, I don't want to say I give it a pass, but I almost, like, when, when I'm watching this, I almost, like, grade it at a scale a little bit. I almost try to look at it glass half full. Um... But man, like as I'm, you know, because the invasion, it started off like, yeah, the McMahon involvement was fucking dumb as shit. But like, it felt like like an invasion just pe- based on the sheer amount of people from WCW and ECW. Now, of course, they're the, they're the Hugh Morrises and the Chavo Guerreros of the, of the companies and the Just Incredibles and all that shit. But like, it felt like it had potential even with the resources they had. In the beginning, do, do you well, agree with even, that or no? No, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. Because I, I did. I... Oh, 2001. Yeah, 13 years yeah. old. <laughs> As a 13 year old who grew up watching WCW, saw all the stars and the invasion. So it starts out, you know, with closure of WCW and it's mm-hmm. Shane McMahon has bought WCW. And it, it finishes off, you know, it's got this big, big sting, Ric Flair, go away. And it's not even the fact that McMahon was a cheapskate and didn't bring in any of the stars, right? Because mm-hmm. there was plenty of what the fans wanted. And the two names that came up the most during the time, and myself included, is nobody wanted to see Hogan, Nash, and company because they had just been so devastating to the WCW fan base. But it was all about DDP whom they did get, Scott Steiner, mm-hmm. who they chose to pass on. Uh, uh, Ric Flair and Goldberg were probably the two names that stuck out the most to people. And all WWF and McMahon decided to do was just not do anything at all with it. The invasion, I, I, what was it, like a month went by after that, and there wasn't a mention of WCW. And... All uh, I think it was, I th- yeah, I think it was four weeks after that. Finally, Lance Storm comes out and super kicks, and that was the only thing on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was more of that wasn't even really like a WCW invasion kind of thing. That was kind of just Lance Storm debuting. Right, right. It was it was just so poorly done. And then over time, you know, then you start getting a lot of the guys in, and sure, it's a lot of the the young guys that WCW was trying to push at the end, you know, your Mike Awesomes, your Canyons, your uh, Landstorm is a great example. Mm -hmm. And myself as a fan, when I'm seeing this all unfold is, you know, I'm going off my memory of what I was going through as a kid. I'm like, okay, so these guys are going to, you know, beat, there's going to be a tag team, you know, Stasiak and um, Sean O'Hare, not the greatest guys in the world, but they could beat, you know, the Hardy Boys one time or or something. Mm -hmm. But week after week, I'm just watching all these dudes lose over and over again and put in shitty storylines, the main one being DDP as a stalker. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I also make this really clear when I say 
that it had potential. I'm kind of like comparing like where they were in early 2001 to where they are now. And what is it? October. And like, I agree, man, it's just like, like you said, like you said it, they had DDP. They had one of the biggest stars that WCW had. And they put him in a, look, they put him in a feud with the undertaker. You could argue that. Okay. That's fine. But then just the way they handled it, it was like, it went nowhere. He got his ass kicked right away. Like his right. first introduction to the in-ring, you know, whatever it was. Then uh, they had a cage match with Canyon and Kane involved. But again, it was just a one-sided beatdown on DDP and Canyon. And now at this point, DDP is doing yoga with fake teeth. <laughs> so it's like, and that's just like representative. Because like you see, you brought up even um Stasiak and O'Hare. No, it was um Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. They were a tag team. Oh, Palumbo, yes, yes. Yeah, but Stasiak's there. It's, it's he's pretty much falls under this category too. Of young guys, young, talented guys that they can build up that were starting to get built up at the end of WCW. But then, like, speaking of O'Hare and Palumbo specifically, they've been completely off the shows since they were <laughs> in the tag title picture like a few months ago. Or um, and DDP's pretty much been off screen. He's just been doing like little vignettes backstage. Um, Stasiak's pretty much gone. He's not even doing the funny, like running into wall shit anymore. He's gone. Yeah, Stone Cold's not going, hey, go get him, kid. You're you're gonna do great. And he's who the hell right. is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. Like, specifically, like at this time period, you can even see it in the in the characters themselves that they don't care anymore. <laughs> like, well, why would you know why would they when the when the two people from WCW that have the most screen time and the most story and the most care are the women, Tori and Stacy Keebler. And we know why. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's no wonder that as a WCW fan, I can't imagine you being an ECW fan and watching Stephanie McMahon constantly in their little thing. And, and she comes out to that music. Could you imagine, like, I wasn't a fan of that, but I can, I can just, can't even fathom what what how they were frothing at the mouth and puking when they hear Stephanie McMahon <laughs> coming out to the ECW thing. Right? That's pretty cool, right? It was pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about just not even trying to to feel the fan base. The McMahons mm -hmm. are, are in there. Uh, Stone, you know, WWF guy after one after another, switching sides uh, so often. Stone Cold changing from face back to heel and then a swerve once again. It, it's so inconceivable with how much they botched this. And if you weren't a fan of WWF, like a good chunk of the people were, or even a WWF fan that what was that sees the obviously an invasion where you own all the new contracts and wrestlers of this mm -hmm. other organization, you own them now. And you see, you see all these dream matchups. Oh, Booker T, he's he can face The Rock, uh, which uh, obviously they get to, but that's way later. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and even Booker T's kind of been a jabroni as far dude, as how he was booked. Horrible, and yeah. and so many storylines were just dropped and given up on. And uh, I remember, it's not the the one in uh, Tacoma that's very famous. There's or maybe it is. There's another one where the ECW gets thrown in there and then it becomes the Alliance and they, they turn around and change sides. It was like a mm -hmm. two year storyline in one night. It was just yeah. so jarring to me as a fan 
growing up. And I'm like, what the fuck is I mean, it's cool, I guess. But I grew up in the South. I didn't know what I didn't know what ECW was (laughs) for Mm -hmm. the longest time. I had no no comprehension of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Because I grew up during this time, too. I was. I guess nine or nine or so at this point. And I was never, I knew WCW and ECW existed, but I didn't know as I was watching this, I didn't know any of these guys. And it's like, cause when I was like, when I was first watching this, right. Maybe like invasion, the invasion pay-per-view, I was trying to be optimistic. I was trying to look at a glass half full. I was like, okay, this isn't quite as bad as I remember. It's bad. There's a lot of bad aspects to it. But it's kind of, you know, I can see the entertainment value in it. But as the months go on, and by the way, this lasts like way longer than I remember. This is like most of the year, if not all of it, really. And I mean, man, it's May to November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like my, my main thing here is that the it's no longer the coalition of WCW and ECW versus WWF. It's just the alliance versus the non-alliance. So it's really just normal faction warfare at this point. Right. It feels like the invasion is just totally dropped altogether. In a, so it's uh, it's yeah. October 21st at this point. And, and by the way, I was at I, I was at the Smackdown after 9-11. I was oh, in really? that. I was at that one in Houston, Texas, where all that went down. So that happened kind of smack in the middle of this. And, you know, for one night that that, you know, what are you going to do for there? But just for a context of, yeah, I was a fan. I was going to WWF shows at this time. You know, I was Mm -hmm. going to house shows and and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And July, August, September. It's only been five months, five since it truly started. An invasion (laughs) storyline, an invasion. No, just think about that. Think about that. Just in that time frame. That's not a long time. Why do you say that? Well, so they do monthly pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. This is now the fifth one. No, it would be the fourth one only, right? So they had Invasion, SummerSlam, Unforgiven, and This Is No Mercy. Yeah. four. Yeah. This is only the fourth pay-per-view. And they couldn't even get this far with right. a full-on invasion. How pathetic is that? How bad could you possibly be to not get over one WCW guy? One. They couldn't dis- do it. I'll disagree with that. Okay. And, I, and my answer is our first match, the Hurricane. Oh, that's where you were going. And Lance Storm versus the Hardys. Now, the Hurricane, now, hear me out. Hurricane's fucking awesome at this point. Do you, do you I mean, there, disagree? There are, there are guys that the crowd kind of pops for and they enjoy and they laugh at. And Hurricane's definitely one of them. The, the former the former three count himself. <laughs> Hurricane is so over at this point. So is Tajiri. Like stupid ass people like not that Tajiri's stupid, but like like lower tier guys like that are somehow like so over. And it happened organically. Even, you know, RVD even. I don't think they plan oh, we'll for RVD to, RVD to be. We'll get to it, but just to say it generally, I, I have no, there's no way you're going to convince me that they thought RVD was going to be competing in the main event for the WWF title in the beginning of the storyline. Oh, no. The and there's there there's a huge story behind like uh, what RVD was representing, the mm-hmm. egos in the locker room of the time. 
And you can just right. like even without knowing all of the insider stuff, just seeing as a fan how all this played out. What confidence would you be of a of any sort of fan to, to not have confidence that RVD is going to get to a certain he's going to reach a certain ceiling, much like Jericho for a lot of times. We'll get to Jericho later. Who? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, how hard is it? <laughs> like, it's yeah, all coming it was, back to me. He he um, he molded into that that WWE formula. RVD did eventually because he really he was so yeah. because I remember RVD when I think of RVD and WWE I think of like 2003 2004 2005 when he was more or less you know greatest hits guy he wasn't having these classics with with guys in general on the on you know pay-per-views he wasn't even booked as like a main eventer really until he won the title at one night stand against John Cena so it's really interesting to see him in his early stages when he's just so organically over and he still has at least some semblance of the uh, the momentum he had in ECW. But uh, I think we'd be re- uh, remiss if we didn't mention the vi- the the crazy weird Stone Cold video package building up the main event to start off the show and then it and then it transitions into click click boom. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't like saliva. Oh my god! I cracked up with all the music on the show, dude. <laughs> I'll say this with with zero irony. This is like my favorite era of theme songs for pay per views. There were some themes I heard, and I was like, "Man, I have no memory of that." Like Stone Cold's. I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, nobody remembers Venomous, but he used it. He used it. I promise you. Yeah, in a world where Stone Cold grasps his title and puts his fingers across it slowly, <laughs> he is a madman. Mm, you will not take my title, says Stone Cold. And, and it, I love, and it goes, uh, hits the fireworks. <laughs> click, click, boom, I died. <laughs> my favorite part of that like opening package was when you know they were doing like the zoom in, the black and white zoom ins on all three guys in the main event. And they mentioned how Kurt Angle won the title at the last pay-per-view, but he got it taken away from him soonly after. And then this video package, Kurt has it on his shoulder, and then the camera zooms in on his face, and then it zooms out, and the title's no longer on his shoulder. Oh. And he, he's looking at it like, oh my god, he's like all like confused and just bewildered at how his I miss title... I miss things like this in my wrestling. This is it's 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 it's, it's, so it's kind of hokey, but it it definitely gets the the point across. It fit the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really miss those kind of because it's building up your main event to be something very important. Now, I will say the, and I definitely felt it on the show, all these fucking titles going on and Lots. it just feels like every single person has one and they're going for a second and none of them mean shit because mm-hmm. it's either there's too many or they change just constantly. And I remember that about the invasion where it's like every week a title would change and it just makes everything else feel so much less important. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, we'll, we'll get into that in the show because I have, oof, I have some things about how stupid the titles are, but now jog my memory here, but, but mighty Molly and ivory are on the outside. Mm -hmm. I don't remember why ivory was there. But my, this is right after Mighty Molly gets kidnapped and brainwashed by our superhero, uh-huh. right? Sure is. Yeah, because Spike Dudley like got his leg broken or some shit, and they they went ah, forget this whole Romeo and Juliet thing. It's all about uh-huh. brainwashing women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got like tossed. There's that kind of famous spot where he gets tossed out by the Dudley boys, 
like from the ring to the outside through a table. Yeah. Yeah. I think how, they might have shown how, how it on dare, the show. How dare uh, uh, su- such pure hearted Spike Dudley wants to get laid? How yeah. dare he? <laughs> Brother Devon, get him. <laughs> For real, man. You can't have that. Can't have that. Spike, Spike Dudley's probably packing, though, if you really think about it. He has what to be, would, right? What would, you, what would your guess be? Ballpark. 8.3 inches. That's weirdly specific. We're going to move on. <laughs> Hardy boys. <laughs> Wait, Man. you don't like my guess? <laughs> I hate I hate your guess. WCW tag team titles. Why, what are you packing? 8.3. WCW. Aha, that's why it, it all makes you sense. Get them, you, get, you get them confused. I, I sent them both to you and you probably got them mixed up. <laughs> So we got the the WCW Tag Team Champions, the Hardy Boys. I'm sorry, who? The WCW Tag Team Champions, the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys, right? That's what you said. Yeah. WCW. Yep. Uh-huh. That's good, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. That, that makes sense. Especially when you consider that the WWF Tag Team Champions are the Dudley Boys. Uh, yes, of course. That's exactly who I think of the ECW tag team legends, Dudley boys. Right. You know, the WCW tag team titles, you know, before this, it was Booker T and test before that. It was it was Undertaker and Kane before that. You know, these WCW tag team legends. Yes, not great lineage. Well, to be fair, WCW didn't have much of a tag division after 1995. Yeah, (laughs) might as well have been. Um, yeah, it's pretty much tag titles A and tag titles B. So I will, I, I will give a pass, but it is comical nonetheless. It, it, it's, it's funny. It's like, who cares really in the end, but it's, it's just funny. Um, so yes, the Hardys are taking on the hurricane and Lance storm. And I'm convinced that these two are teaming simply because they're both named after storms. I think you're right on the money. There it is. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that is exactly what a, a Vince McMahon would think. <laughs> Wait a minute. We got a hurricane. We got a Lance storm. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shocked. Together. Yeah. I'm shocked. They didn't like rename Lance storm into like Lance lightning. It's never too late. It's never, it's too, never late. too late. We saw the hurricane a few days ago. It's never too late. Um, oh my God. Did you realize how many people, that were on this show that we saw at the Royal Rumble. Right. <laughs> a lot of these guys you got Jericho. Uh, not that he wasn't at the Rumble, obviously, but like Jericho's still going. And oh, he's a, he was on TV. So I, I, you know, you if we just count how many we saw wrestling in the last week, how's that? Yeah, I'm like scrolling through Tory Wilson, all the all these people. Um, but yeah, man, it's like Hurricane and Lance Storm. Like it's a, a hilarious pairing. Um, but Lance Storm. I forgot how prominent Lance Storm was in the invasion because for one, he was intercontinental champion for a little bit. Um, and two, he had like at least he had like one or two world title matches on TV, which I had no recollection of. Um, but that was pretty much his peak because right now he's a tag team guy and that's pretty much where he stays for the rest of his uh, WWE in-ring tenure. Um, yeah, and it just seems so weird in in hindsight cuz as as a kid in WCW Landstorm was tr- was for a time made out to be a big deal and then you know egos and whatnot got in the way and yeah um, you know WCW got in the way of themselves and then yeah when the invasion happened i remember uh friends and i going oh shit Landstorm's the one that invaded first or he mm-hmm. showed up on WWF 
maybe he can have that kind of intercontinental, you know, Jericho ride because they they're not too different between the two. And when you get to the history of of the two, uh, in hindsight, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> not too different mm-hmm. at all. And it's like they didn't even try. No, I mean, like I said, he had a an IC title run, faced Edge at a pay per view, and then he kind of just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, and I, I just, it, it just never made sense to me. And people will go, oh, well, they gave him the whole be serious for a moment. He could never, but he was over in WCW, and that's that was hard to fucking do. <laughs> right. I mean, he was fairly, I'm not going to say he was super over in WWE, but, you know, that early stuff he was doing in the invasion, I mean, he was getting reactions, especially, like you said, the can I be serious for a moment stuff. And this is no place for tomfoolery or whatever his other. Well, lines yeah, the, were. the, yeah, the, the writing is always top notch. It's good. He probably wrote it. Yeah. I'm sh- oh, I'm sure the well-spoken Lance Storm wrote Tom Fury. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this match, the match itself is fine. I mean, it's an opening match. It's not like a going to be anything to write home about. Um, but yeah, towards the end, or I guess this, this was more in the beginning. <laughs> the spot that popped me was where uh, so Molly is ringside. And as we all know, she is mighty Molly at this point. So it's kind of uh, Hurricane's protege. I mean, you could uh, say there were a lot of boobs ringside. There were at least six, at least six. And uh, so Hurricane's down in the middle of the ring. The, the other Hardy that's uh, legal is on the outside. Molly gets in the ring, puts on Hurricane's cape, which essentially makes Hurricane Hulk up. And then he gets to the top rope and dives to the outside. <laughs> like, it's that like silly shit that got him over. People were loving it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he definitely got over to the crowd to the best he can for an undercard guy. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, being an under, undercard guy. Um, yeah, pretty solid match. Um, yeah, Hurricane, obviously, Shane Helms, good friends with both the Hardy Boys. So a lot of chemistry here. A lot of unique reversals. I, I particularly liked when um, the Hardys were going for poetry in motion. And onto Hurricane, but Hurricane like ducked out of the way and did like a cradle onto the guy that was on his knees. Like I feel like I've never seen that before. But little stuff like that in this match was was uh really good. All technically sound wrestlers, but towards the end, all the boobs get involved. So we have that's how I'd phrase it as well. Yeah, lots of boobs involved. I I I think that's the uh, PC way to uh, describe it. Um, Molly Holly tries to interfere. But Lita gets in and stops her, gives her a spear and catfight, catfight, etc. Then Ivory takes out Lita. But then Jeff Hardy grabs Ivory and gives her the old uh, low blow leg drop deal. Um, Don't know the logistics of that, but that's what happens. And then uh, Lita. I'm sure sure getting kicked in your vagina does does indeed uh, feel uncomfortable at the very least. It's probably not the best thing, I would yeah. assume. Uh, but then Lita throws her vagina at Lance Storm and gives her a, him a Hurricane Rana. And then uh, twist of fate to her. In hurricane. the middle of a half crab, by the way. A damn good half crab. I yeah. love a good well, Lance I mean, Storm he kind of Well, I mean, he kind of fell on the on the step over. But uh, yeah. No, I, no. Yeah, Legina. Legina. Lita's vagina uh, really took care of that that half crab situation. You don't oh, you don't want man. crabs in your vagina. There it is. Okay, <laughs> it all rolls together. <laughs> we all tie it together. <laughs> oh man, yeah, whatever. Swanton, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Hardys win. Uh, pretty hot crowd in the beginning, uh, and a solid match. What, what, what did you think overall? 
Yeah, fine wrestling match. I had no no issue with the match. I could I could deal with all the all the, all the boob involvement, but hey, they were nice to look at on the outside. Do you, you have something against the boob involvement? I mean, if I'm involved, it's a different story. But <laughs> I'm involved here. Well, don't worry. We have much more boobage later in the show. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot more boobs later. Some may say too many, but who knows? <laughs> that that's for you to decide. The crowd was really weird on this show. How so? Well. They they started kind of hot with the hurricane and and the Hardys. You know, you had some women screaming, and then as as it went on, it felt less. Uh, at least until, up until the Jericho match with the Rock, it just felt like they were just kind of hanging out. Yeah, a little and, bit. Yeah, there's a there's a certain uh, intercontinental match where the crowd just really was not into it, and it really took me out of the match. But anyways, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that, but uh. Before that, we got to talk about some Test and Kane. And uh, this yeah. is... <laughs> so the backstory here, right? Or uh, lack thereof. Lack thereof, I guess. So Test, I mentioned this earlier, but... So The Undertaker and Kane were the WCW Tag Team Champions. Um, they lost the titles, I believe. I could, I could be wrong, but I believe they lost the titles to Booker T and Test, who are a tag team at this point. Um, but then Booker T and Test then lost it to the Hardys due to interference by Undertaker and Kane. So of course, the, t- the teams why, of Undertaker- why would someone beat someone clean? That would get no. them over. <laughs> do you know what year it is? Okay, look at your watch. That doesn't happen here. We don't do that here. Oh God, tell me about it. They don't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's literally like okay, the team of Booker T and Test versus Undertaker and Kane. Let's just split that up into two singles matches. So that's basically what we got here and Booker T and Undertaker is like the main one. And so it's like, okay, you two are left over. Let's just put you in a match together. Um, so that's the, that's the layered storyline elements at play here. Just so you have the whole, uh, whole backstory. Um, and of course, Tess is the Alliance because why wouldn't he be? Well, there, I mean, this, the, the whole story reasoning is, uh, there's a mole uh, for WCW, and it's got to be Test. Mm. It's not Test. Ah, fucking kick his ass anyways. <laughs> he joins WCW. It's like, ugh, okay. It's like it might as well have just been Test. Did you notice something specific on this show? About what? That if a quote-unquote WCW guy won, it was actually a guy from WWF that won. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe yeah. it. He's not from WWF. What are you talking about? Test is WCW through and through. Right. He did. He he did say he bleeds WCW. Did he? I must have missed that part. I don't know. Thank thank maybe God my, I did. Maybe my maybe my memory banks aren't working properly. I did drink during the show. <laughs> I don't know if that was clear. That's probably for the best. Honestly, I I definitely needed it. Uh, I got I got myself extra uh, an extra stiff one for a certain match later. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, Test and Kane. It was pretty much what you'd expect from these two. Um, but yeah, t- like, okay, so Undertaker and Kane are pretty much a tag team throughout the whole year of tw- of 2001. And you lived through this time. Do you think they held each other back by doing that? No, but I think they buried plenty of people on the way. <laughs> I think both can be true. Well, I mean, because- Under- Undertaker and Kane weren't in the world title program even though at this point there's two world titles but well uh, taker had a match at judgment day in 2001 
Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, yeah. Yeah, you pretty much. I mean, they might have somebody like SmackDown, Raw, TV, world title matches. But yeah, for as, long, as far as like programs themselves, long-term programs, yeah, they weren't involved at all. Um, but yeah, they just felt like, I don't know, background. Well, I and, mean, at, the, at this point in time, Undertaker still isn't known as a great in-ring guy. No, not at all. Especially, I mean, to me... And we can talk about it more earlier with Booker T, but I feel like this is probably one of his worst years in ring. Ooh, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't know. Nineteen ninety. Why does nineteen ninety six come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I'm not as familiar with like the early mid nineties stuff, but like from what I've seen from his early stuff, it wasn't. I mean, you know, bought, take away like nineteen ninety and all that stuff, but like as far as like his, you know, this era. Can't even think. I guess Ministry of Darkness Undertaker wasn't well, super great. Well, I mean, ninety nine WWF was really bad, just a booking and story wise, and they were just getting. I mean, it was Russo, so that kind of is self explanatory. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were, this... were a lot of angles memorable, and were some things reined in a little bit more? <laughs> well, obviously they were because we saw what Russo's capable of uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> after that. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah it is what it is but uh yeah we'll get to undertaker later but test and kane so the match itself is like <laughs> so test they're fighting on the outside test goes to hit he hits kane with a ring bell and by the way folks this is not a no disqualification match test hits kane with a ring bell but guess who's the ref nick patrick oh yeah everybody's favorite ref <laughs> Man, who would have known he would have been a crooked ref, you know, other than his past, like, what, three or four years of being crooked? Um, Dude. <laughs> so Nick Patrick lets it slide. Saw this guy in the match, and I'm like, what are they going to make him do? Oh, and the boy. answer was, well, actually, do nothing. <laughs> He's just going to yeah. stand there, and it's going to be commentary going, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's JR. Well, that's a disqualification. Nick Patrick is just standing there. The gall on this man. What a scalded dog. And you got <laughs> Paul, you got Paul Heyman just going, ah, come on. He, he didn't see it. Oh, he is right there. Ah, you're, you're seeing things, JR. <laughs> <laughs> I love JR commentary? and Heyman together. I love it. They um, are good. They are a good duo. I, I, I yeah. vastly enjoyed the commentary on the show. There was a, there was a, there was some wordage verbiage, uh, JR used that kind of stuck out to me. Um, one match in particular, he had a, a phrase that really made me go, uh, excuse me, Jar." Um, so <laughs> not much has changed uh, since 2001. Not so much. It's, it's definitely not a new thing with JR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, it the, is it the lingerie match? No, it's not that one, actually. Well, let's get fucking through this match so we can get to the first ever lingerie match. Oh. So, uh... <laughs> pants grew tighter just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> My pants are already off. So Kane <laughs> is fighting Test. Uh, Kane's boot explodes somewhere in this match for some reason. No, it was never tied to begin with. Oh, he really? He came out with no laces in his boots. So his boots are just loose and flopping, <laughs> flopping around like a floppy dick out there the entire oh, time. And it was so distracting. I'm like, there's a lot of feats of strength going on with these two big sweaty men, but his <laughs> fucking boots are flip-flopping around. It was really distracting. That is hilarious. I, yeah, I didn't notice it in the beginning, but... Man, oh man! Just in just in case this couldn't be more of a shit show. Um, I mean the the match itself though wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was fine. 
Um, I liked seeing Test out there. Again, Test is another guy that was a lot more prominent than I remember him being. Um, again, he's getting like a couple world title matches on TV. He's like a big part of the alliance. He's no, IC champion he's, at some come point. On, Triple H wasn't about to let Test get over. Oh, he had a ceiling. Don't worry. But oh. uh, while, while, while Triple H is gone, we'll, we'll, we'll let Test play around a little bit. Dude, imagine if Triple H didn't tear his quad in 2001. Could have changed a lot of things. Oh, oh, <laughs> you think WCW was buried now? <laughs> Holy <What>? shit. <laughs> Booker T, no chance in hell. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to burying Booker T in a few good, years. Yeah, good old, we'll, we'll good old Undertaker was taking that role. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Triple H, you're out, brother. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> oh, God, I'll make sure none of these marks get over. I'll make sure none of these fucking WCW boys get over. <laughs> <laughs> Locker locker room leader, my ass. Is that, is that your Triple H? <laughs> can, you, can you just do the rest of the podcast like Triple H? Well, I was I was doing a Naito uh, Naito promo oh. impression. Did you see That's that Naito racist. promo? <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't see the Naito promo that came out. I did, I did not. Was that recently? So he's oh yeah. So he's been in this weird ass feud with uh, Honma, and Honma has this incredibly just voice, right? Mm-hmm. So after, after a show to, uh, I think it was today actually, Naito just goes to the back and he's staring in the camera. He's just and he's just grumbling. He does a whole promo and he's just gr- he's just going, and then he walks away. <laughs> so he did he did the old Tim Allen. I yeah, guess. that's all he did. Oh, you got to see it. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like the most troll promo you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Naito, we have Tess here. Uh, ju- just as I'm, athletic. Hey, did you see that top rope elbow drop that got booed? I did. Uh, uh, did it get booed? Oh yeah, he went. He, well, yeah, when he went up to the to the top and the crowd starts booing. Ah, it's like, fuck yes, this crowd. Nothing, 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 uh, nothing makes me want to boo more than a than a top rope dive. <laughs> uh, elbows got heat in this era. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> a lot of heat for for, for the elbows. Nobody, nobody liked that joints of the body. Apparently, oh, but uh. Yeah, Tess gets frustrated at some point. Like you said, he hits an elbow. He's he's hitting like a lot of power moves on Kane, which are pretty impressive. Um, he's a big sweaty man. Strong. He's a big boy, big juicy yeah. boy. And uh, so Tess, old Andrew Martin there, gets frustrated, brings in a chair. A blue chair, specifically. A blue chair. It's very you know, important. You, it's very important because those are WCW chairs. Oh, is that a thing? That is a thing. Oh. Can you hear my yes. cats in the background, by the way? No. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> so it's my cat lays next to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where we at here. So Tess, so t- 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 uh, Tess brings in a chair. Kane steals it from him, but that, that Nick Patrick, because he's by the books, he, he there's no chairs in this, this match. After all, it's not a no disqualification match. So Nick Patrick takes the chair away from Kane. Uh, Kane sees all the, all the cahoots and all the whatnots. So Kane grabs Nick Patrick by the throat, grabs Tess by the throat with his other hand. But then Tess gives Kane a low blow and then hits him with the big boot and then the pinfall. You say low blow, but he clearly missed uh, Kane's testicles. I don't know what you're talking about. He pun- He kicked him right in the mushroom cap. I saw him boot him in the stomach like a regular gut kick, and Kane went down. <laughs> mm, even the replay, it's like he wasn't even close. 
And he hit him in his big red penis. Test wins, like you said. How big do you think Kane's penis is? Man, you know, I think he's probably pretty average, honestly. Do you, do you think he, uh, you know, tucks it up in the waistband? That's why Test was aiming there? You know, he's probably he's probably got a lot of, uh, like, tilt to it. You know, like a curve is what I'm looking for. Think he puts a mask on it? He prob- It's probably just <laughs> burned. And, I mean, that's probably the first thing that got burned in his, his funeral parlor burn. Mm, he's got to, yeah, he's got to keep it protected. No one, no, <laughs> yeah, no wonder uh, Kane went down the way he did. Yeah, he got booted in the face and then that was it. Do you think there's like cane condoms? Or any like WWE themed mm. like uh like put the macho man on your dick? I'm sh- I'm sure there's a a macho man condom. I'm not going to google it. You can google it if you want. But I'm not putting that in my mm. search history. I could definitely I can definitely hear the uh the promo for the commercial right now. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That kind of shit. <laughs> Rib <right>? for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to drop the elbow on her. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> snap it to her pussy. <laughs> We're horrible. We're horrible Jesus people. Jesus Christ. Uh, but a good segue, though. It is an excellent seg- segue. <laughs> the first ever lingerie match. I know it's first ever because they said it every time they mentioned the title of this match. Dude, Stay- the, the video package for this fucking thing made it feel like I was watching the semi-main event of WrestleMania. Dude, that was the... F- the okay, so it's a fucking lingerie match. These these chicks come out here in their lingerie as per the title of the match, looking all sexy and sultry and all that. It's all fun. But like you said, it's being built like a blood feud. <laughs> like It's like Stone Cold versus Triple H. And they're literally coming out there in underwear. I'm surprised they didn't have like a bed and pillows with it, too. I mean, Stacey Keebler was sure to distract Matt Hardy earlier on the show. Ah, yes. Can't wait to see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun. But Stacey Keebler here is the uh, the Duchess of Dudleyville. That's where she's at at this point. So that's kind of ties into that because uh, that'll be the match at Survivor Series. The Dudleys versus the Hardys. So. Planting oh, seeds. No one's so ever to speak. seen that before. No one's ever seen that before. But no one's ever seen a, a lingerie match either. And that's what we got here at No Mercy 2001. And maybe my favorite part of this match was listening to JR borderline have an aneurysm in commentary. <laughs> he was so disgusted with what he was watching. He didn't like so it. So funny. Uh, I loved hearing him like, oh, this will be uh, certainly unique. Like yeah, those this kind was, of lines, unique, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a line. This reminds me of the Jack Briscoes and Dory Funks of the like all that <laughs> tongue in cheek stuff was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think it's uh, quite up to that level, Jr. But um, I appreciate the attempt. <laughs> well, that was before the match. He didn't know how it was, was going to pan out. Okay, it could have. been. Yeah, uh, it turns out it panned out like Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> But, you know, even hold on, I'm gonna let my cat in here. It's fucking pissing me off. <laughs> I heard the cat that time. That's really funny. Just want? a lot of meows. And I think the cat's getting a little horny. Just talking about lingerie all the time. <laughs> He's already angry at his ballless sack. But anyways, speaking of ballless sacks, uh, I don't even know. So this match, like <laughs> we're making fun of it, but it was it was there was more wrestling in it than I expected there to be. I mean, it's very bizarre. 
it was like, like, cause like I said, I literally expected because they did this later in the later years. They would literally have like a bed in the middle of the ring with pillows. That's what I expected in this match. But it's literally just a wrestling match. But they happen to be wearing lingerie. I mean, they wrestled better than Carmella last night at the Royal Rumble. That's for okay. Sure. We won't. We won't get into that. How <laughs> dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, see Carmella's yeah. gear. She might as well have been wearing lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> Not much different. <laughs> It's it makes her aerodynamic. I don't know what you're talking about. Aerodynamic to land on her face and skid three feet. <laughs> oh God, brutal. Um, but not as brutal as Stacy Keebler pulling out a whip in this match Give or the whatever you call cat it. Cat whip. Oh, that's some kinky stuff. Love it. Love it. I I'm just going to glaze over the fact that you knew the specific name of it. Or we're going to well, pretend that didn't happen. There is a wrestler in Japan that uh, it's their it's kind of their thing it's like a dominatrix <laughs> gimmick it's quite kinky so this is what you watch quite huh kinky oh well i watched that one anyways <laughs> <laughs> i knew there had to be some incentive <laughs> um so yeah can would you provide you a, it would you take a cat whip a cattail whip to uh from stacy keebler from stacy from yeah of course the, the things i would let her do to me oh my god I'd let her i'd take her out for a nice seafood dinner and then Take her home safely. Seafood, eh? Hmm. So to speak. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd probably go sushi or something. Well, speaking of fish, uh, the finish of this match. It's uh, like a floppy fish. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's it's a very, uh, I don't know, how do you describe lingerie it? match. We're going to break it down like Omega Okada. Come on. Can you, can you please provide the analysis on the build up to the finish? The the reversals and counters had, yeah, it was like Dean Malenko and Guerrero <laughs> between pins. <laughs> <laughs> very tight roll up at the end. We'll, we'll very, just say that. Oh, very tight roll up. Got the got to show the the nice buttocks that uh, mm. that Stacy had. Um, Tori Wilson has some nice nice uh, thickness to her. Mm. Gives her an extra extra little leverage on that pin. So got her to the win. It's it, it's it's all physics. There, Mister Hardest part of the physics. <clears throat> ring <laughs> yep just it's hard the ring the ring's hard yeah definitely the ring's hard the ring's hard not bouncy uh, and no anyways no it's turgid uh <laughs> speaking of turgid we got ladders here in this next match yeah ladders turgid ladders yeah. the, uh, the intercontinental title match so intercontinental title match <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go over the I, notes there. It's like, uh, yes, yes, indeed. No, I just had to finish off real quick. So Edge and Christian are here. God, it's like a fever dream. <laughs> so I, so this is a period of time where I was not watching, like the brief period of time where I was kind, I was taking a break from wrestling, and so I never got to watch the breakup of Edge and Christian. Um, yeah, and it's phenomenal a, storytelling. <laughs> so I've always heard that it was like a really shitty storyline. And first of all, I'll say a big part of that, I think, is the invasion and how like out of place it was, even though Christian ended up becoming a part of the alliance for literally no reason, just to kind of be a heel in this feud, I guess. I guess try to incorporate th- this feud into the invasions in some way. Yeah, they didn't need to do that. <laughs> no, they didn't need to do that at all. And it just it just felt rushed. Um, I don't know, but I mean, the matches were good in my opinion. This match specifically, I thought was fucking awesome. 
this really? ladder match right here. I thought it was so. Here's my so when it comes to ladder matches, right? So this is like fresh off of all those TLC matches, the 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 peak car crash, all that shit kind kind of stuff. And this is now a one on one match, so you obviously can't have that exact same style. And we just saw a match a few. I think it was on the uh, SummerSlam. It was RVD versus Jeff Hardy ladder match, which that was kind of a car crash, but a little more slower of a pace. This was even more slower of a pace. I'd almost even compare this more to the pace of like a Razor versus Sean ladder match, but with definitely slow, but more modern. But here's the thing, though. So it it was slow and I would even argue that maybe even too slow. Um, But when the when the spots happened, like here's an example. So there was a spot in the match, like towards the end of the match or Edge and Christian are both climbing the ladder and the, the ladder tips over and they fall to the outside of the ring. Now, if that happened at WrestleMania 17, which it probably even did, that, that would get like little to no reaction from the crowd. But here, like everything meant something and they were building so that every spot that happened, whether it was, you know, Christian hitting a splash on a ladder or if it was Edge's spear to Christian while Christian was on the ladder and Edge leaps from the top rope to hit a spear. Yeah, that was a cool spot. There were some cool spots in this match. And like I said, you know, it could have could it have been a faster pace? Sure. But when those spots happened, the crowd popped hard for it, I think. And while they, they could have been the crowd was pretty idle. Otherwise, I think overall the match was pretty good in my eyes. If. If WWF during this era, and you can probably kind of mirror it to what they just did in 2020, there's just so many of these that they all just blend yeah. together and they lost so much meaning. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so if that didn't happen, then maybe even I would have liked this more. The pace was slow. There were some cool spots. I couldn't really get into it. The uh, d- Definitely the feud was nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, no, at least Christian with his big ego and, you know, it, it, you know, Christian had a good character. The the music threw me off. I thought he I thought I remember the whole Christian. That's good shit. That's such good shit, pal. <laughs> the music. <laughs> oh, fuck you. That's the it's worst opinion trash. you've had. Fucking trash. What was good was Edge coming out to Rob Zombie like I was playing Twisted Metal 3 all over. Oh, again. my God. So good. <laughs> So good. I am the <laughs> I think Edge actually has said that he hated that theme song. I don't blame him. <laughs> what? Get your ass out of here. That shit is hype as hell. <laughs> Never gonna stop me. How can you not just like want to run through a wall when you hear that? I was I was definitely laughing. Definitely laughing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it fit the time. It fit the time. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's funny in hindsight, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really I did like the finish, though. I love the finish. Um, so Christian, so they have like two or three ladders set up in the middle of the ring. Christian is climbing two of them to try to get the title, obviously. And that's another reason I really like this match. And that's a thing you don't see a lot in modern ladder matches is because modern ladder, ladder matches can be just a lot of spots for the sake of spots. Whereas this match, it felt like both guys were always trying to get the title. And they're always that is something selling. that gets lost uh, yeah. a lot in the modern era, for sure. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the selling was great. So 
it felt like, you know, it's like a meme now how how slow people climb ladders in wrestling, but it almost felt like it fit in this match. Just well, yeah, it's because the they actually beat the shit out of out of uh, each other before attempting to climb. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, the, the, the end of this match comes when a Christian's climbing the ladder. Edge has a chair. Chair shot to the gooch. And uh, which is how Christian won their previous match at Unforgiven. So that was a little callback there. And then speaking of callbacks, Christian is now lying face first on top of the three ladders. I believe it was. Yeah. Edge slides a chair underneath Christian's face and hits a one man concerto on top of the ladders, which is very contrived. But I don't know. The visual was just badass to me. Very cool. Uh, and then C- Christian just kind of sloths off and Edge grabs the title. So great finish. Um, like I said, I think we both agree the pace could have been a little faster, but I think all in all, um, it was methodical for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so if memory serves, this isn't the end of the feud, and nor did it feel like it with the way it was built, but the finish could not have been more final with how they presented it. All comes across very strange in the end, and you, you I, at least I would leave with mixed feelings. Yeah, it. I, I do think it is the end. I mean, they, maybe they have some sort of match on Raw or something, but as far as pay-per-views, I believe this is the end. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Yeah, I can't quite remember myself, but uh, something, something. I remember something about this this match and the feud uh, just not being over. In a way, it's kind of like ha- how uh, the the Hardys would feud, and then it's like they get mm-hmm. they'd feud, get back together, they botch it. You know, uh, hey, there seems to be a theme with that in WWF. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like, so as far as the feud of it goes, like they. As a team, they kind of peaked at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And then especially like once Edge won the King of the Ring, they were kind of done being a full-time tag team, or at least that's how I kind of perceived it. So like once the breakup happened, it almost seemed like, okay, you guys were already separate. You know what I mean? And then it kind of felt rushed once they started it. Plus you have 9-11 in there kind of messing things up. I'm not going to blame it on 9-11, but that's, that's another aspect of it. Plus the invasion. I think there was just a lot of ingredients that were a lot of wrong ingredients involved and a lot of missing ingredients involved. But, um, I don't know. The match was good. So, and they're back together in 20, 20 years later, which is, it was crazy. I think I tweeted this out, but I watched this match on the same day where Christian came back. <laughs> so it was crazy to start my day watching these guys, their culmination of their feud against each other. And now they're back together 20 years later, which is insane. But, um, it's a good, good feel good story. Um, warms my cockles yeah it just makes you worried about uh, what the anyways that's a that's a different topic (laughs) (laughs) that's a different podcast all on itself different podcast yeah I know where you're going I I, I can hear your gears moving but we're just gonna have to stop those gears right now because we gotta talk about Tajiri dude Tajiri's awesome Tajiri rules Tajiri is like not in 2021 Tajiri sucks in 2021 is he still wrestling he is Booker Man in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, you're not. He a, sucks. Not enjoying <laughs> his work. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but man, he can kick somebody's head off, if nothing else. I mean, he could get his ass kicked. Tajiri did five moves in this match. <laughs> that was literally. So we have 
we mentioned this earlier. The WWF tag team titles are on the line. The champions, the Dudley boys of the Alliance are the WWF tag team champions. Right. Versus the team of Tajiri and Big Show. Right. So Big Show is fucking fat. He's a big boy. He's a girthy fella. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, like, so <laughs> there was he did there were five doing... moves too, and then got kicked out of the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were doing this weird thing for a little this bit. Match where, sucked. <laughs> where big big show and Spike Dudley were teaming for a little bit. But then I don't know if Spike got actually injured or if he just like lost momentum and they just kind of switched him out with Tajiri. I don't know exactly why. Probably that rep. Maybe. I mean, Tajiri was definitely more over at this point than Spike was because he's foreign. And that's funny. Hell yeah. He's Japanese. Give him some sushi or something. (laughs) Um, That's Vince McMahon, not me. I believe. And and then. uh, So, yeah, that's really no backstory to this match. It's just kind of a tag title match for the sake of, you know, titles. Why was this on a pay-per-view? And it's funny because all of these guys. So the Dudley boys to Jerry and Big Show are arguably all these guys should be on the Alliance. But correct here. They are fighting here. They are fighting for a WWF sanctioned title. Yeah. You know how easy it would have been to do an invasion storyline. And if you're going to do any turns, it's a slow build towards like all these former WCW stars. Or people mm-hmm. that just couldn't make it in WC, like Jericho, the Giant, Big, Big Show, are two names mm-hmm. that are on this card that really would have stood out. But nah, yeah, nah, we're we're gonna make the Dudley Boys Ugh. and Christian. Yeah, that's like the a... Rock. Because <laughs> when I yeah. think WCW, I think Rock <laughs> and Austin. Good God. <laughs> well, hey, are you are you suggesting just because he's the WCW champion that he's on the side of WCW? That's silly talk. You're you're right. How foolish of me. <laughs> you're you sound ridiculous right now. <laughs> God, but yeah. So like you said, Tajiri pretty much just gets his, his shit kicked in the whole match by the Dudley boys um, because small. And uh, at some oh, point, yeah, the t- format was atrocious. Tajiri <laughs> gets his shit kicked. He does four moves. Mm-hmm. to make the hot tag to Big Show who comes in and does clotheslines. And then he does Ew. the Scott Hall duh, 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 and then he gets punted booted out of the ring. <laughs> so Jerry tags in, does one move and gets pinned. <laughs> this is What a weird time for the Big Show man. This is like undercard Big Show. Undercard fat Big Show. <laughs> oh he was the fat show. I believe they, they even did a storyline of it too. At some uh, point. Sure. What didn't they do with Big Show? They threw everything at the fucking wall with him. Uh, it's a shame God. he wasn't against Bray Wyatt. He could have died in a swamp. Please don't put that in the universe. Bray Wyatt versus Big Show. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> we already basically got that. Okay. With Braun Strowman for You're all right. intents and purposes. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you said, Tajiri doesn't do anything. Big Show comes in, does some raw, raw stuff. Uh, Tajiri at some point accidentally, uh, he, he shoots his green mist at one of the Dudley boys, but misses and hits the ref. Cause of course he does. <laughs> Cause he's Japanese. <laughs> and then, uh, Tajiri. So the ref is out because 20, you know, 2001, uh, Rhino comes in, 
Gore's the big show. That's what happened. That's right. Yeah, that's a that's a gore for you, if nothing else. But then it's a big show is basically taken out of the match at that point. Uh, Tajiri goes for a buzzsaw kick. He hits it for a near fall, but then it's move. Yep. <laughs> ultimately doesn't matter. 3D on Tajiri for the win. Dudley boys retain their WWF tag titles. Uh, this match is like, who gives a fuck? But like, you know, it picked up at the end. It was pretty entertaining at the end, but ultimately it was kind of a who gives a fuck kind of deal here. Oh, the crowd absolutely agrees too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the St. Louis crowd. A lot of, a lot of references to old St. Louis territories, but JR on this, on the show. Oh God. <laughs> Enough JR. We got it. Fern yeah. Ganya or whoever it was. Oh, we're um, going to get some, a lot of Houston, <laughs> Sam Mush- Mushnick Houston references. Because <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's over in 2001, it's Sam Mushnick. That's right. Uh, Battle the Houstonians. <laughs> man, but that's what's coming up here. Booker T versus Booger Red. It's good, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not feeling it. <laughs> that's what that's what Jr. called him. That wasn't me. That was um, a thing they were trying for a little bit. And then thankfully they stopped. Oh, I forgot to mention what uh, J- good old Jr. said in the ladder match. Oh, what was it? He goes. Edge is going to have to make sure he's not molested as he climbs up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> molested means bothered. Yeah, this just really yeah. stuck out. I'm like, oh, okay. no, one, no one wants to be bothered on a ladder. OK, I wouldn't I wouldn't use that that word. But, you know, good, you do you, JR. <laughs> well, that, he's a professional. He's the broadcaster here. That's not right. You. He's got the job, not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who am I to disagree with that? I was like, man, this is why this guy this is why this guy gets the big money. Well, yeah. <laughs> But uh, speaking of molesting, Undertaker's here to molest more of the WCW guys. Oh, Diddy. The mm. end of this. <laughs> okay. Well, so there, there's vroom, vroom. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> hands up, hands down. That's good, right? Fucking dying when I heard that music. It's like, boom, keep rolling. And he comes out on his little tricycle. Thinks he's so cool. Being from Texas and Houston and Booker T's out. He's like, yeah, I'm WCW. Are you, this isn't going to end well. Are you burying Limp Biscuit on my podcast? I would never do such a thing. I love <laughs> eating chocolate right. starfishes. Okay. That's, I, anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you ever just have too many jokes in your head and you, you just short circuit a little bit? Oh, all the time. <laughs> this dude was buried six feet under. Hey, his spinner Rooney got a big pop. Oh, he did. He okay. <laughs> the most electrifying move in sports entertainment: the spin a Rooney. That was yeah. good. Yeah, really devastating. That, that was his highlight in two thousand one, wasn't it? Man, I either that or getting beat up in a grocery store by Stone Cold. Didn't that happen in two thousand two? It ha- it definitely happened after the a lot uh, after the whole invasion thing ended. Something tells me it was in December, but it was definitely it was, you know, on the line there for mm. sure. Um, but <laughs> so there's, there's three things you don't do in wrestling. You don't try to powerbomb Billy Kidman. Right. Correct. You don't try to do a springboard at Randy Orton. Also correct. And you don't mount punches in the corner versus The Undertaker. You do not do that. No. Amateur mistake by by uh, yeah. Booker T. Yeah. Very, very amateur. Although. Mistake. Although I believe Billy Kidman in his first ever match in WWF when he. Yeah, I think he was against Kane, was he not? Where 
Kane goes to powerbomb him and he actually does it. <laughs> wow, I need to go revisit that because that's that's a legendary moment if true. I think that I think that was like his first match in WWF and it was on TV and Kane just powerbombs him and you and, and I remember as a kid going, well, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain just turned into a pretzel as you saw that. This this is wrong. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Kidman doesn't know how to bump for it. Mate Maybe in hindsight, that was the first sign that this invasion wasn't going to work out. <laughs> that was, you know, if, if Billy Kidman would have just countered it, who maybe, knows maybe what could have changed. Wait, maybe Sean Stasiak would have been over. <laughs> mm. No. He won't go that far. <laughs> he was meat, right? I think he was meat. Was he meat? Of course he was meat. Meat, if you're listening to this, fuck you. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> which I hope he isn't because he, we bury him a lot here. Anyways... You bury Stan, Stan, Sean Stasiak? Come on, I don't believe it. Nah, he buries himself. Fucking meat. But speaking of burying, we have Did Undertaker you... burying. <laughs> no, what, what's up? JR referenced a buried alive match like six times in this match. It's so it's so apropos. It's just did he? Just th- yeah, this is the anniversary of Undertaker's first ever buried alive match. Undertaker uh, might might if uh, if Undertaker isn't able to take care of Booker T here, he might have to take him to um, to a graveyard. Like there was just so many weird references. <laughs> yeah, during the during the match because it was like the anniversary, and and then when Booker T has all this momentum, goes to punch Undertaker in the corner, he just gets power bombed and loses. Goodbye, go home. Just get the fuck out of here. And as soon as it was just so, it just I just cracked up laughing. I mean, obviously as a kid I was furious. Mm-hmm. But uh <laughs> yeah, I I was just like, man, what a horrible horrible way for for this to go cuz out of all the WCW guys, like Booker T was like the one hope left. Yeah. <laughs> he gets in the storyline with the Undertaker. One, two, three, keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> <Just> immediately. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's uh, very appropriate music. <laughs> <laughs> they were ready for Booker T to lose. They had their finger on the button. I I don't know how Booker T got like survived. I don't know how he survived out of this. Where where else is he gonna go? Fucking TNA. All right. Well, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, what was his his commentator name? Black Snow. I remember him on commentary. I remember he would like get in matches and self commentate. Yes. <laughs> he had his headset on. <laughs> oh, Booker T's kicking him in the corner. Oh, yeah, he's going to get him. Oh. This fucking TNA is horrible. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in wrestling. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Booker T's dead. Rolling, rolling. Keeps on rolling. <laughs> uh, and then uh, <laughs> keeping on so, rolling to the. Yeah, go ahead. So there were 24 guys, wrestlers, I'm not counting uh, the women, that were signed from WCW. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. In this invasion storyline, you know how many were on this card? Just four pay per views in. How many? Three. Ooh. Well, at least T, we have. Oh, never mind. Lance Storm and the Hurricane. <laughs> That's it. That is it. I mean, when you build your Mount Rushmore of WCW, those are probably three of the four, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe 2000 to 2001, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs Goldberg when you have fucking uh, Chavo Guerrero and uh, Raven? I was a big Raven fan for WCW. I'm watching 99 WCW and Raven's like the only shining beacon of. I thought you were, I thought you were about to say for WWF. I was like, oh, sir, you're watching something very different than I am. You'd be correct. 
<laughs> so don't worry, folks. I know you've had too many uh, WCW wrestlers on your show so far, so we're going to have you a WCW championship match between two WWF guys. Fun. Fun. Chris Jericho versus The Rock. Man, oh man. So I didn't really like take a lot of notes on this match, but I rem- it was a damn good match. It's fucking awesome. Except the finish. Well, you don't like the clean finish? Define clean. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as clean as it gets in this era. Dude. Um, oh, the, uh, I like shorts. My Okay. I remember that I remember like absolutely loving this match as a kid because mm-hmm. I was a huge Chris Jericho fan, like my favorite wrestler in 2001, like for a yeah. while in 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 uh, the late 90s, early 2000s was Chris Jericho was my guy. Right. Right. And the whole storyline of he can't win the big one and the rocks here. And I fucking hated the rock because he was a pompous piece of shit. And he went to Hollywood and oh, I was so into this match. And then they they showed me the build and everything was just flowing back. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember my childhood feelings. I was way into it. The match happens. The match is even better than I remember because now I'm a more seasoned wrestling fi- fan, not a 13 year old, just marking out child mm-hmm. to it all. And everything's happening. The, the, the They do the people elbow spots. Jericho reverses into the into the walls of Jericho. I think he's going to fucking tap out clean. I'm just going into it. I'm like, yeah, come on, Jericho. You can do it. I really got into this. And fucking Stephanie McMahon comes out. I thought my brain just hit, just got oh. hit over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> I, I just, I, uh, my brain went to mush. And I just went, what is she doing here? What is happening? What is it? And then I just go silent. <laughs> Stephanie. Uh, Christ. She's. She just gets worse the more I watch her. <laughs> so she, like you said, these guys had a great match. But towards the end, Stephanie McMahon comes down to the ring with the chair. She slides the chair in the ring. Now, because we all know subtlety is her strong suit, right? So she slides the chair in the ring. And these are two baby faces for all intents and purposes in the ring. But it has to be made clear that Stephanie just hates Jericho. So how does she portray that by getting on the apron and yelling Rocky, Rocky, Rock, like doing the fist pump thing because it has to be beat over the head. You have to beat all your audience over the head with it, that you're not here to support rock per se, rather than you are to kind of fuck over Jericho, I guess. So that happens. So the chair's in the ring. And then at some point, Jericho hits, I think he ends up calling it the breakdown or something, which is essentially a skull crushing finale onto the chair and Jericho. I have zero recollection of this. Jericho wins the WCW title. Oh yeah. It was supposed to be a massive crowning moment. Right. That because this finish was so ungodly terrible, and botched that nobody remembers it. And the crowd had no reaction to it. This crowd was going so insane during this match in the climax. Like, imagine mm-hmm. when Jericho had the rock in the walls of Jericho and and he pulls him back to the center of the ring and the rock taps out. Just imagine if that, because mm-hmm. like, in my head, that's what happened. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stephanie McMahon, what are you doing? 
what is happening? Because like the, the story was more on Stephanie than than Jericho. Yeah, yeah it totally overshadowed everything, and <laughs> and 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 even after the match, when Jericho's like in the celebration mode, The Rock's behind him doing the best facial expressions. It's fucking mm-hmm. Hollywood acting like to a T there. <laughs> and, Smolder. And, yeah. Oh yeah. And you, you know, he's like looking at him, squinting. He's tilting his head. Like everything's so perfect. He looks like he's just gonna whoop Jericho's ass, and he just kind of goes, "Yeah, you won." Like what the what the what the fuck was that? I didn't understand the significance of him handing him the chair. It's like ah, you beat me, son. You're the one that's over now, and the the crowd had no idea. I had no idea. I don't know what was going on. This this. Uh, it was so it, it's it's one of the worst finishes I can remember seeing and trying to get someone over. Like It actually did the opposite at the end of the day. It just looked like Chris Jericho. Yeah, he indeed could not win the big one. It doesn't yeah, even but, feel like he like I believe he loses the title like tomorrow or something. Right. That's what I'm saying, because because Rock goes into Survivor Series, which is the next pay-per-view. He goes into that pay-per-view as the WCW champion. So in my mind, I was watching this match. I was like, okay, yeah, Rock wins the wins the match. But then once Jericho won one, I was like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, the crowd, I think, I think even I was confused watching this. It's like, how do you how are you supposed to react to Chris Jericho at this point? Because he's, you know, he's been a baby face all year. Uh, but he's kind of having tinges of turning, um, not necessarily joining the alliance or anything, but he's kind of had, has a new attitude, especially with the finish, him using the chair that Stephanie ended up sliding in. So it was almost like the crowd didn't know, like, wait, is Stephanie aligning with Jericho here? Or is like, and like when the rock handed Jericho, like cat fucking jumps on me as when rock (laughs) handed Jericho, the chair, I couldn't tell if that was like a passing the torch thing, or if that was like rock basically saying, Hey, you needed this chair to beat me. We'll do this again soon which are like polar opposite things. And I was like, I don't, I didn't know which one it was. And commentary didn't really explain it either. It was a mess. Oh, it was an end. absolute failure. And like, if you were to put a five star or four and a, or four and a quarter, you know, any of these star ratings, this match is absolutely a hundred percent, like way up there in, in what yeah. two guys going out there and killing it with a great story and emotional investment to see a finish like this is why I, I I if a finish is is so bad or or even so good it does matter in how you pour, how you perceive a match and how it sticks into your head uh, uh, throughout years to come and this mm-hmm. is the this is an egregious example of that so yep. disappointing yeah because that's what you remember yeah oh yeah my brain just I melted down. I melted into the couch. Like, I don't even want to watch the rest of the pay-per-view anymore. That's how furious I was. Well, don't worry. We got something a little bit more palatable and easy to understand next. Uh, mm. (laughs) Yes, but fucking Vince McMahon, this, this fucking guy. I mean, the whole pay-per-view like started off. Nothing's going to end until I get involved. Great. It's especially with hindsight knowing where they would go with this like post invasion or even like in the build up to survivor series. It's just, man, what a web. So we have the WWF championship on the line in a triple threat match. We have the champion stone cold, Steve Austin versus RVD versus Kurt angle. So 
The previous pay-per-view was Unforgiven, and that was the pay-per-view where Kurt Angle won the title from Stone Cold, but we had all the, you know, Stone Cold had his hand under the rope deal and ended up doing a... All right, let me get my fucking cat out of here. <laughs> Invasion of the pussies. <laughs> got, a good, got a good pop out of that one. <laughs> Don't want him to shit all over my floor or anything. Um... But speaking of shitting all over Why, the floor, you can just we watch gotta... WWF for that to happen. Ah, we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Stone Cold champion. I uh, won it back from Kurt Angle on Raw a few weeks ago. Um, I believe it was due to interference from RVD, if I remember correctly. Um, but this is a period of time we touched on it earlier where RVD was getting over just purely organically. Um, and his matches with Jeff Hardy, his match with Chris Jericho at the last pay-per-view on all the TVs in between. RVD is super over. Got to put a stop to that, brother. We can't. <laughs> no more. You've had a lot of good matches, kid, but we're going to now throw you a win with 2001 Stone Cold. Um, we're going yeah, to put you in a scenario where <laughs> we're going to make you realize how humble you must be. Exactly. <laughs> really iron cheeked him. Good God. Yeah, dude, Rob Van Dam was ungodly over and he's mm-hmm. getting and he's just getting bigger. And um, any book you read of this era and what like a lot what the locker room and, and so many guys were, were talking about at the time, RVD was what they were afraid of. Right. Yeah. Was this outsider, if you will, coming into their locker room and getting more over than them. Can't have that. Can't, can't have that at all even though like guys like like if you read if you read uh, kind of what Lance Storm and their personalities were you're like we work for you now yeah like what if even we like, get over then we're all going to make more money like right but that was exactly. that wasn't the attitude with with uh the WWF locker room with all the or- originals cuz Chris Jericho himself said it's it, like it took him a long time to acclimate to that attitude uh, that the mm-hmm. locker room had. Yeah. It is it's very fascinating kind of from the insider perspective. And you realize like when you watch this in real time and, and, and this kind of came back to me too, it just gets you to question like Booker T was over when he first came in. Why did it take him so long to get to the top? RVD was ar- arguably the most over guy in the company next to your, your biggest stars, rock Austin, for example. And yet mm-hmm. it took it took him how long for them to give him give, give get the uh, the actual final, um, you know, uh, crowning achievement. Yeah. And even someone like Hurricane who got over is like, OK, we're going to put a stupid mask on you and give you a cape. So make make do with that. And we'll give so you yeah. the Hurra cycle and kidnap women. That'll get you super. <laughs> over. Well, it's 2001. So it, it actually does. So. It's it. It's it. <laughs> But yeah, so we have Stone Cold. So Stone Cold and Kurt Angle have been feuding for a long time. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory there. Um, they're kind of the heads of the alliance in WWF, respectively, at this point, which is hilarious because within I, it's very soon after this where Kurt joins the alliance. Um, I think more in like a mole kind of element. If I remember correctly, I don't really remember exactly. Is it yeah, more bullshit. You can say it. Right, yeah, because he like joins quote unquote, but then he turns on Austin at Survivor Series. It's that whole thing. I did, I did really like the RVD incorporation to all this, 
how he would frog splash yeah. uh, angle and gets on Austin's good side. But then, you know, they're, they're, they're booking him into the match and RVD is not going to pass up, you know, a chance like this. Right. And then mm-hmm. that only makes Austin mad because he's the super heel. You know, it, it, obviously I'm ignoring a lot of the, you know, issues with Austin turning back and forth and angle turning and, and all these other guys, like, if you take it at, you know, this is where I will agree with you. Like there are some of these things at face value that are really good. Yeah. It's when you start, you know, it's like you got a red velvet cake, right? But the uh-huh. inside is filled with shit. Oh. <laughs> so you just kind of scrape the surface and you go, that's a damn good red velvet cake. But then there's poop on the inside. and You go, well, I can't eat that anymore. I now realize the rest of the cake is garbage. <laughs> Why is red velvet like your go-to flavor? I don't what, know. What a weird. <laughs> I think it says a lot about your, your personality. I like red velvet cake. You tell me you don't like red velvet cake? I'm going to. I'm gonna. It's fine, I guess. Like if that's like the only cake available, I'll eat it. But it's like, man, what I'm going to a cake, cake store. in this scenario? Probably like a, like an ice cream cake of sorts. Maybe just like a chocolate. Vanilla Why not just eat ice deal? cream at that point? Why would you eat an ice cream cake? You shut the fuck up, okay? I feel hey, like can, I'm hitting. A, I'm, I feel like I'm hitting a nerve here. Can I, can, can, I, can I talk to you for a second? Can you, can you come over here? Can you, can you come over here? Let me talk to you a second. No, what no. What are you doing? I'm gonna what pull Stone Cold Steve Austin promo. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play, hide behind a door. <laughs> you're, you're, you're making me look ridiculous over here. What? Yeah, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to chill out, all right? <laughs> I'm gonna hide behind a door, cut a promo, and tell my woman to repeat that back for me. What? <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Oh, God. The crowd was but, saying that a little bit at this time. They were starting yeah, to do that. They were they were figuring it out still. It was more of like a what, 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 rather than a what, like after every uh, sentence kind of thing. So here's um, a question then. Three inches flaccid, 15 erect. Interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> hmm, not bad. Thanks. <laughs> Grower, not a shower. It's fine. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Do you think when fans come back, they're going to hop on that again? Or do you think that's now disappeared? My initial reaction is to say yes, but I'm almost wondering, like, is that like dying out as far as like from a generational standpoint? Like do, do, do the people watching, like even like the teenagers watching nowadays even know what that is? Well, don't be ridiculous. Teenagers aren't watching WWE. How dare you? That's why it's still going. And no, it's it's. <laughs> People from 18 to 45 or whatever it is aren't watching. It's, it's you know, you still have 12 year olds and 13 year olds watching. Nah, not so Don't maybe get all Dave Meltzer on you. We'd have to look at the numbers. I think yeah. it's still going to, I think it's still going to happen. What, what yeah. chance? Yeah. I'm I, surprised. I, they... I, I think they're salivating at, at the moment that they get to troll <laughs> some more and, and hate and hate on some shitty booking. And interference because fucking interference all over this fucking show is so aggravating. Yeah, at <laughs> least there wasn't a single match. At least there wasn't any in this match, right? There was the only match that was clean was the lingerie match. <laughs> and that was, I mean, clean is a very, you know, I don't know if that's the word to use. Well, I didn't feel dirty. That's for sure. <laughs> well, then you weren't watching it like I was watching it. <laughs> I got nice and sparkly. Got that lotion. I got the stiff drink. I was I was primed and ready for this main event. Yeah, there's something stiff. <laughs> Stone cold RVD. 
Oh man. So yeah, we have a triple threat here for the title. Um, yeah, like I said, basically, so we have Stone Cold and Kurt Angle have been feuding for months before this. And then RVD comes into the picture because the fans are really getting behind him. And he's because he's a part of the Alliance, which is a heel faction. But RVD is essentially, you know, a baby face. So he's kind of like, does, does Stone Cold trust him? Does he not? So they have a whole internal thing there. And then um, Mick Foley comes back as commissioner and makes this a triple threat match because he likes what RVD is doing. And he, I guess he's trying to break down the alliance from within, I guess is essentially how this, there's a lot of hoo-ha and other shenanigans that happened for this match to come up to be a thing. But that's basically the backstory here. And so the match starts, first of all, it's kind of a shortish match. Um, a lot of like, you know, as per any stone cold match is a lot of like calling it in the ring type of spots in the beginning. It felt like it felt, I don't even want to say sloppy. It felt like there was some urgency between everybody in the beginning. It didn't feel like overly choreographed, which I liked. Well, I like three ways like this where, I mean, we all like three ways if we get that. Of opportunity. course. But, uh, I like you see this in Dragon Gate a lot uh, to make a, a, a promotion because they do a lot of kind of triple threat situations. Mm-hmm. They 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 like making it feel different because it gets a little whacked out at times because three people are always in the ring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it if a guy goes out, it's later in the match because they finally taken enough damage kind of situation. That's what we got right. here. It was a, it was a you know we got some sloppy seconds going on at the at the start, and mm-hmm. who doesn't like sloppy seconds? I mean, I it's fine. You know, you it's take not what, what I you prefer, can get. Sometimes. But you know, yeah, you know, you gotta do what you gotta it, do. You would you would like a singles match, but you know, sloppy sloppy seconds. You know, you get get that second try. Maybe you know, come in. You last a little longer, so to speak. Uh, so to speak, yeah, exactly. I, I think come these refer- I think these references are driving right now. They're they're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, RVD was always a house of fire. Like, it, like the and the difference in styles was really cool, and that was something all over the show, yeah. which made at least the matches all click in their own way. Even the one I liked the least, which was that uh, uh, Dudley Boys tag. Like everybody is from somewhere else. They all learned a different style. They've all mm-hmm. come up differently. They all, uh, you know, Jericho's a little bit more technical. The Rock, the Rock uh, is a is a homegrown guy. Austin Austin's a brawler. Angle's the wrestler. RVD's the high flying kicking guy. You know, you know, not everybody is so homogenized with one style, and that's that's what kept me kind of invested in and not hating on any match in particular with what they were doing, right? Yeah. So it all came back down to that kind of, and that's what made me remember what this era was so was was so interesting and good was obviously all the uh, the characters involved were were great, but just how they knew who they were and and the mixture of those styles just molded into just fun matches. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, two thousand one is definitely where there there's a lot more emphasis on the in ring aspect of it. You know, there's less. There's less, you know, people getting embalmed and less, less people getting set on fire and shit like that. And there's a lot more, like mm-hmm. you said, not zero, less. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're, 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 you're right. I, I shouldn't have questioned. Exactly. I apologize. But yeah, like in the beginning of the year, you have like Benoit and Angle have a bunch of matches and you have RVD and Jericho there. 
um, Tajiri comes in, like all these, and you have like the cruiserweight division, like starting to kind of form a little bit, even though it's not really a thing at this point. No, it'll never um, be a thing. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a it's thing a Sunday, for a, yeah, very, a Sunday night heat thing is not a thing. Hey, I always watch Jamie Noble on velocity. So you can go fuck yourself. Ooh, velocity guy. Okay. I'm a big velocity guy. I love me some, uh, build a month. Going to start your velocity podcast next. Maybe watch me, watch me do it. I dare uh, you. Just in spite of you. Sort of velocity podcast are like five minute episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I enjoyed Jamie Noble and we'll see you next time. <laughs> so, so the Basham brothers are out. Fuck that. Um, but yeah, the Basham brothers were not here. Podcast idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the velocity podcast. Oh man. But yeah, the match here, pretty good match. Definitely. You know, triple threats are pretty high paced by nature. Um, this is a spot towards the end where both Stone Cold and Kurt Angle are laid out. RVD's on the corner looking to frog splash somebody. So he essentially does his five-star frog splash like in between them. Both guys get out of the way and he just splats. I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Well, it played into the whole storyline of him frog splashing both guys over the course of weeks. You know, continuity storytelling and then it came into the match. What do you know? You know, broken clocks right twice a day. So, yeah, and the basic story, RVD is pretty much centered around RVD and what who he's going to side with. And ultimately, he doesn't really uh, make that choice. But uh, because <laughs> towards the end. Oh, no. So, so Kurt hits a bunch of suplexes on RVD, uh, hits the angle slam. But Shane McMahon comes in. Wait, oh. is this was that before or after Vince came in with the chair? That was after. I think, Shane, I think came I in, Shane, Shane came in after because Vince saunters down to the ring and the camera keeps panning him. He's got that like his his little back neck cocked head pose that he does. And then he kind of bugs uh-huh. his eyes out a little bit because Vince is a character. So and good. All this all this awesome action is going on in the ring and it just keeps going back to Vince McMahon because remember this man, this night isn't going to end until I get involved. You piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want your face here. You're ruining this match. You're ruining everything. And he fucking gets all the way down the ring and he's going to do stuff because he's Vince McMahon. You like that description? I hated it. You hated it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So and then um, what I can't remember is if the chair chair shot where where he what? No. Yeah. Because he whacks the fuck out of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was brutal. I was like. Damn good chair shot. He fucking or, or, cracks, or him, cracks him hard way in the back of the head. The psycho. Yeah. And, and they were complaining RVD was a little stiff. But at least, you know, it's not like Austin has neck issues or anything. So it's fine. No, come on. That was that was storyline. <laughs> we don't talk about old shit here. OK, we'll get over it. All right. All right, bud. Yeah, that was years ago. Come on. Yeah. One little one little Owen Hart falling on your neck. Get over it. What are you talking about? It was Rikishi who did it. Oh, sorry. My mistake. Come no, on. No, it was Triple H. Triple H made him, though. Triple H did convince him. Yeah, it's always about Triple H. Always. It Never always forget. comes back. Ugh. I did it for yes. The Rock, but actually yeah. Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Rikishi. I don't even know where Rikishi is at this point. He might be injured, or he might just Disappeared. be... Might just be gone. Yeah, I think he might be even like in like OVW or something, fine-tuning some things. Right, training all those people. Training, training all those people that aren't there right now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that you won't see on TV. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, Vince cracks Steve in the back of the head with a chair. 
Um, Fucking bleeding everywhere. Poor guy. Kurt, Kurt hits all those suplexes on the RVD. He has them pinned. But that damn Shane McMahon comes out to break up the pin. And uh, there's no disqualifications, by the way, for anybody for anybody keeping score at home. Yeah, they were and, very specific about that. And <laughs> yeah, like uh, three. Why would a three way not be no DQ? Anyways, whatever. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> man, I, I popped big for this. I'm not, not going to lie. Vince chases Shane around the ring and spears them over the announce table. Yeah, and they almost fucking miss the finish where Steve Austin stuns RVD and pins him. Yep. Because they were too busy looking at... Yeah, they were too busy looking at uh, the McMahons uh, Dark Order punch each other. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, that's pretty much... What it amounts to is Stone Cold hits the stunner, like you mentioned, on the RVD, middle of the ring, pins them one, two, three. And I'm thinking of this just now, but you know, if, if you're watching this... Like I said, if you don't know what happens after this, they're building up to Vince like, oh, he's going to I forget what the exact wordage was, but he's oh, he's going to make an impact on the main event. And you, you hear that again, not knowing what, what's going to happen. <laughs> what if Vince like turned on Kurt Angle and joined the alliance? Oh. <laughs> that would have just been the icing on the cake. I wouldn't put it past him. This this dude was just changing so many things just week in and week out. You know, yeah, this, we're talking about the same guy who's like the NWO ruined one company. I'm going to do a storyline where I'm going to ruin my own. <laughs> They're the poison. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's another thing I've never like watched, but I've seen like little vignettes here and there. But I can't wait to get to that point. It was me, so Austin. Excited. It was me all along. Yeah, you're right. Now that you say that, that wouldn't have been the craziest thing that they've done with this. I mean, that just shows the the, the storytelling elements here. It's there's some good things sprinkled in, like the Jericho Rock, but then mm-hmm. they just constantly get too cute for their own good all yeah. the time. It really just re- reminded me of my frustration as a fan and why I just slowly kind of trickled away to TNA and. Uh, well, that's a that's a different mental breakdown in itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another podcast. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot of good stuff on this show. And I mean, because like you said, there's Rock and Jericho. You got RVD in the main event, which is always good. Tajiri's there. Edge and Christian was was great. Um, lingerie. Lingerie. Tits, you got tits and ass. Speaking of TNA, you got some of that on you. There's something for everybody here. That's a, a pretty good thing that that WWE was hitting in 2001. If nothing well, else, it certainly was. It certainly wasn't any WCW. They didn't mention it one fucking time on the show, unless it was a title name. Mm, no, that's we're done with that. WCW's yeah. done. Yeah, we're done. We're ah, a va- yeah, nah. get, get we're the alliance. We're the alliance, pal. The alliance. Oh yeah, way better. <laughs> because yeah, there was like you know, looking at this show, a lot of good stuff, but ultimately, No Mercy 2001 is kind of a. Uh, inconsequential pay-per-view in the grand scheme of things. Oh yeah. Like I, I believe everything that happened on this night, like meant nothing within two weeks. Yeah. Cause like edge and Christian. Okay. That's the culmination of their storyline. You know, it, it, the feud was what it was and it was pretty short, but it's still at least some sort of like finality to something Jericho and rock could have, you know, it's foreshadowing to some future Jericho, Stephanie stuff. 
I guess, even though they probably didn't have that in mind at the time, but it is in hindsight. Um, RVD. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was a good show. I I enjoyed watching it. I mean, it's uh-huh. not a show I would like recommend. What you got? Rebellion, Edge and Christian. That doesn't count. Those aren't canon. Are you sure? That was that was a UK pay per view, I believe. Which I forgot happened until you just said that. So I'll, I'll actually probably go watch that just to see what happened there. I think oh, they they had like a cage match at that show, didn't they? Yes. So right, yeah. Edge and Christian are still in a feud, but they throw Test involved as well. And as uh, they go into November, uh, Christian is still uh, involved. Hmm. Yeah. I believe you. Because that's, yeah, I guess that's where the Un-American starts, right? Oh, uh, that's right. Lance Storm and uh, William Regal, I believe, is involved too. Some good stuff, right? Kind of rings a bell. Foreign. That was where uh, the only the only like segment of theirs I remember is it was like later in 2002 when Kane returned from injury and he just shit all over him and did a Kane or Rooney in the middle of the ring. Oh, no. <laughs> and he, he saved them because the Un-Americans were about to burn an American flag in the middle of the ring. That's the only thing about the Un-Americans that I really remember. So I can't wait to get into that in 2002. But yeah. No Mercy 2001. You got any other uh, fault, any other any other comments? I think we pretty much covered a lot of the stuff in this era. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think, you know, some good stuff on this show, but ultimately it was like <laughs> the storylines, unfortunately, really hindered a lot of stuff and ultimately didn't really matter. It's, I think they're pretty much just crawling to Survivor Series at this point. I think they had it in mind that, OK, we're going to end this at Survivor Series. Let's just get there. I don't think that was the original plan at all. (laughs) I I disagree. I totally think because that's such like a on the nose, like it's almost obvious kind of culmination in my eyes. Mm, There's no way the original idea was to have an invasion only last six months. (laughs) I I think six months is a long time for a storyline. Dude, (laughs) no, not at all. Uh, there was there was an invasion storyline in New Japan in the early 90s, just as an example, that uh, that went two and a half years, which you could argue is too long. But they managed to put different kind of groups and elements from the other promotion into it to make it last as long. So you were always seeing fresh and new talent kind of go back and forth. And uh, people were going over and it made uh, many, many big main events going forward. Six months is not a long time for for an active because what, what you're describing sounds like more of a passive like background kind of thing that's happening. Whereas this is like invasion, 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 like it's beat over the head. It beats you over the head with it every raw and every smackdown that you watch. And um, it should be no my... it should be noted because it kind of ties in with that. The original idea, like if you read any books about this, I, I, I just read JR's book recently and he was a big part of, you know, the the booking, not, I mean, not the booking. Oh, like, Under the Black Hat? Yeah. That was a good book. Yeah. I like that one. It was a great book. And he talks a lot about the invasion and how the original idea was basically to have two brands. So like you, yes. we eventually would have Raw and SmackDown. It would essentially be WWE and WCW. So yeah, that, good you know, idea. With, that, with that being the original plan, yeah, I, I agree with you that that wasn't the original plan for it to culminate at Survivor Series. But I believe once they figured out that that wasn't going to work, 
with you know Buff Bagwell well, and Booker T and all that shit. Well, they gave up on it before they even gave, gave it a try. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and then and then one thing after another just kept amplifying up plans clearly way earlier than they wanted over and over and over again and then constantly switching characters and switching sides and and switching titles there's no way all this was was made for any sort of long-term booking it was absolutely by week to week so right which is why which is why i say six months is a long time with that mentality oh well in in that sense even three months would yeah. have been too long but yeah exactly was, I, I i i really say i i forget when when the date was when that ecw turn happened where they all kind of turn in the ring that night was that mm-hmm. july or august or something to me that yeah, was the like night that. where it all ended right that's when they really just gave up if they would have had the resources or whatever it took to get those resources and if they would have obviously booked it better kept that that line in the sand prominent and they stayed true to that yeah it's something that could have lasted much longer than it did but given the circumstances and given the approach they took to it six months was overdoing it in my in my point of view especially watching all these back it's unforgiven and no mercy were kind of like who gives the fuck pay-per-views in the grand scheme of things and yeah i mean just it was just so they had already given up by this point Right, exactly, yeah. which is why they're crawling at this point. They're literally just have this as a placeholder for Survivor Series. All right. Well, with with that verbiage, I I, I do agree with you. Yeah, I think yeah. we're I think we have the same opinion. We're just looking at it differently. We're we're skinning the cat. I'm skinning it from its asshole, and you're skinning it from its nipples. I was gonna go taint, but okay, yeah. All right. Oh, that's too close to the asshole. You think that's too close? I don't know how you get closer. Maybe you. Uh. <laughs> weird visuals. Weird, weird visuals going on here. I felt, I, fe- I felt like Stephanie McMahon just ran, ran into my head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> screaming and bad acting just entered your ears. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So uh, I hear you got a, a podcast over there yourself. Yeah, Red Leaf Retrocast, gaming, anime, and a lot of wrestling. Um, do a lot of historical stuff with women's wrestling, uh, all Japan, women, new Japan. And I'm, I don't know why I'm doing it to myself, but WCW and 99 is the current, current Hell year yeah, brother. I'm in there. I, I like, uh, maybe there's a little masochist in me. Who knows? I did. I did like that cat. Uh, well, you cat knew, you, you knew what that, yes, <laughs> there you go. Beat yeah. me to it. Yeah. Well, I, I, Hey, we're on the, we're on the same mental page going on here. Yeah. Unfortunately. So yeah, I do. I do. Um, if if you want to learn more about uh, uh, women's wrestling and, and uh, kind of its his- historical standpoint, especially now with such a rise in it, then mm-hmm. I, I did start a, a Patreon that's more or less dedicated to it, where I have to do a lot of tape trading, whether that's virtually or physically from Japan. So that's really what the Patreon is for, and the episodes do go out free two weeks later, anyways. So you're just nice. helping contribute to. Uh, the historical significance and doing a lot of the research and, and putting the time in. So I'm in uh, 2010s, which was coming out of the dark age of women's wrestling. Uh, so it did, it didn't just happen in America. It also was happening in Japan because a lot of companies uh, closed down in the late nineties, early two thousands, their companies popping up and down. So uh, we're, we're friend and I are, are doing a lot of historical uh, preservation is is the word 
to use for a lot of that. So it's Red Leaf Retrocast. That's what it's for. And we do uh, we cover seven promotions on the big main show that we cut out that we put out every two weeks. Uh, AW, DDT, New Japan, Dragon Gate, Stardom, Tokyo Joshi Pro and Ice Ribbon. So one of my goals of 2021 is to get the word out on uh, Ice Ribbon specifically because it's one Mm -hmm. of the better women's promotions out there and it's big DIY uh, mentality that they got there. And um, it's just it's just it's just one of those things that don't have a good uh, big backer behind it. Big owner ownership. So they do everything themselves. And I think it's one it puts on the best shows uh, that you can possibly watch if you're a women's wrestling fan. So hell yeah, that's what we do over there. Definitely go check that out. A really unique, because um, like you said, who, who else is doing Joshi related podcasts out there? Yeah, there's not there's not a lot, and we do yeah, and the historical uh, significance of it all. Um, you you got to preserve things, what you're passionate about. So that's what mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. So yeah, everybody, go check that out. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Once again, thank you to JD from the Red Leaf Retrocast. Really, really good episode. Had a lot of fun talking about some No Mercy, some good old invasion, <laughs> all of our favorites. Um, like I said in the beginning, check out JD at uh, redleafretrocast.blogspot.com. All of his social media in the description as always find him on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts and like he just said check out his patreon for a lot of really cool stuff there too so boy howdy we had a lot to talk about but man yeah there was a lot of uh the invasion just there's no shortage of stuff to talk about in regards to that storyline just a lot of shit to make fun of and uh honestly some good stuff too a lot of good stuff came out of it as well but man is there any other storyline that's been rebooked over the years more than this? Um, but we're almost there. We're almost at Survivor Series. And then we are quickly approaching the ruthless aggression era. Super pumped to uh, dive into that because that's a uh, at least 2002. That's an era that I've never seen, or at least I didn't see live. I have seen some of the shows um, after the fact, but... As far as like TV shows and stuff like that, haven't really gotten into that a lot. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, other stuff we got coming in March uh, next week. As far as uh, at least as, as I'm recording, this is the plan. Uh, next week, we'll be having WWF Survivor Series 1994. Ah, you thought 01 was coming. Ah, you thought we were done with the invasion. Nope. 94, we're going to talk about some Bob Backlund. (laughs) Uh, Then after that, a big change of pace with Progress Chapter 11. One of my favorite promotions to watch, at least in the the old stuff. And they will follow that up with some ROH Unscripted 02. That's where they crown the first ever Tag Team Champions in ring of honor lots lots to come in march make sure to subscribe if you are not already also subscribe to my youtube i'm gonna be uh last week's episode is uh 
if you haven't checked that out, the video version is also available with me and Kenny from A Kenny For Your Thoughts. You can see our beautiful mugs on YouTube. And this episode will not be because it's recorded before I started doing video. But um, we'll be exper- experimenting with that more in the future, both with these uh, podcasts that I'm doing and other live stream kind of stuff. Um, currently working on upgrading my computer, so that's why that's on hold. But soon to come, soon to come, everybody. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all Daddy has for you today. Wash your hands, wash your ass, and wash your fucking i don't know your penis or something i feel like i have to have like some sort of dick joke at the end of all these podcasts now i feel like i leave the audience disappointed if i don't make any phallic references um so there we go wash your penis (sighs) what am i doing (laughs) thank you guys once again for listening i'm hard Should you walk the ground, show you were hardest, standing strong.